Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me and tuning into this podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast is here to open your awareness. I want to provide you with tactical teachings on how to master your mindset, create your ideal reality, overcome obstacles, and leverage adversity. And most importantly, it's to help you realize that you are in total control of your reality. My hope? To inspire and motivate you to keep going. And no matter what, it's all about mind over matter. Be sure to check out my website, heatherhakes.com, where I offer you a free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change. Again, that's heatherhakes.com and opt into my free video training. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 279. Today, you're going to learn how to fix your money mindset, and this guest shares how she overcame $45,000 worth of debt and paid for her dream wedding. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Melissa Middlestat. Melissa, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining. Give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? I live in central Minnesota. I lived in the Twin Cities area for 10 or so years and moved out to central Minnesota. We can kind of get into more of that backstory as why later, but I am a money coach. Well, and money is something I love talking about because everyone can relate more people. Most people want more money, but something you shared with me that I want to dive right into because I've never gone this direction before is about this whole idea of having gratitude and thanking money. So where did that come from? It was part of my journey in getting myself out of debt and really trying to figure out, you know, how to handle money in a world where it's a number one stressor. And part of that was, okay, I need to have gratitude toward money, which we had mentioned is just a piece of paper, right? So it seems a little ridiculous. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like be thanking my $20 bills or something (laughs) that I have. But in reality, it's everything from when I make a purchase, um, whether that's online or, or in person, but saying just for a second in that exchange, if I'm handing my dollar over, thank you for that, right? So I'm, I'm bringing that positive energy to thanking my money. And so it's in that scale and can also be on a grander scale when we talk about manifesting and, and wanting X amount of money, being grateful for, for having that, even though you don't yet have it. So it, it really can apply in the micro and the macro sense of the term. I love the message there. And, and kind of like what I shared with you is most people getting bills, it's like, oh, I have to pay the Excel bill or oh, my cell phone bill. And instead, if you come, because literally thoughts create your reality. And so whatever you're putting out, life is a boomerang, you're getting back. So if you're always dreading money or thinking lack of money, you get more of that. But like you said, if we are grateful that you have the money to pay the bill, you're going to get more money. And something I shared with you that um, Dr. Joe Dispenza is big on, and a lot of people, Abraham Hicks, Bob Proctor, the whole gamut, is to have the gratitude and the appreciation for your desire that you already have it. Not after, 
not waiting for the thing to happen, not waiting for the extra money to come in. But if you have the gratitude right now for that extra 10 grand or whatever you want, that's how quickly you can magnetize it more or less. Exactly. Right. You, if you are, as you said, dreading every single time, like, Oh, the 15th of the month, I know my rent is going to come due and I hate that day. And, and just, creating that such a restrictive negativity around that day, the money you're paying towards it, your rent. I mean, just think about how that's compounding and that, that boomerang that will go out and, and come back in. But yeah, instead having that capability to be like, you know, I am so thankful that I have money so I can keep this home. And on that note, something that just popped in my mind, how could we think of instead of money being our annoying neighbor or, you know, a relative or, <laughs> or your boss, how can you befriend money? And it's like your new best friend that you always want to hang out with and you want to experience. How can we have that kind of mentality? Pardon the interruption. Do you ever feel lost or find yourself stuck in a rut? You want change. Maybe it's more money, better relationships, your health, etc. But you don't know where to start. I get it. I've been there. If you're ready to take the leap and actually make change and progress in your life, I offer a free discovery call to see if my one-on-one coaching program is right for you. Visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching for more information and to schedule your call. Now, back to regular programming. Yeah, I, I'm glad you asked that. So one of my favorite techniques that I have used, right, we all, we get those negative thoughts that get going and it's like, oh, why do I never have enough money? Or, oh, why is this something always happening to me and I have to pay out extra for my car or whatever? Um, what I used to do that is I call it flip the script and I instead say, why is it so easy for me to pay all my bills? Why does my, you know, like, why does my car always stay in like perfect shape or whatever, you know? And, and so instead of just having that constant, like you said, the annoying neighbor, uh, when those start to creep up, cause you're obviously never going to eliminate those, but when those start to creep up, I catch myself and I just flip the question into something more loving and something that, can create that positive relationship. I love that. And that takes awareness. And something I use on my coaching clients is just calling it catch and replace. So mm-hmm. you catch up the negative thought again, and then you replace it with the positive. So I love that you do that. But I think what I'd love you to do is share a little bit more of your backstory and that you were in a lot of debt and you didn't know how to deal with money and how you were able to literally flip the script and where you are today with it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll kind of start with my money story growing up. I came from a middle-class family. My mom worked at a bank and my dad is a farmer and, and we didn't have an abundance of money. We had enough, um, but it wasn't an abundance. And my mom, her money story growing up was definitely a story of scarcity and they were pinching pennies and very careful with what they did. And And she really wanted to avoid that for her children, right? So instead, I had the money story of, I can have whatever I want, right? And it sounds a little spoiled bratty when I say that out loud, but it's part of recognizing my journey and uh, how I kind of got into what I got into. But 
having that mentality, I graduated and went off to college and I was living on my own and I gave myself whatever I wanted, that newest pair of jeans or the movie that I wanted to see a couple of times or out to eat with my friends. I got to do it all. And because I didn't have a job to cover all of those, I, I mean, I worked, you know, in the student office at the college and, and just made a little bit of money. And so instead I was relying on credit cards and taking out extra on my student loans. And I just got myself into this very overwhelming money situation. And I, after my years of college and, and graduation, and I got my first job at the money that I was bringing in definitely wasn't covering the damage that I had done previously. So you, you were brought up in the abundance. You can have whatever, but maybe did you not have to earn it or work for it? Like it was always handed to you? Exactly. Okay. So, and, and see, we all come from some sort of whatever our history is, the background, but at least your mom wanted you to have a different experience than she did, but you weren't taught that. And I don't want to give people the thought that you have to earn money because that's something that I had to sure. quote overcome. Uh-huh. Growing, you know, whether it was chores or I remember my first job in fourth grade, we had a paper route, but I always, I had to earn, I had to work for money. Mm-hmm. And so that has been something I've overcome to know. I mean, money is an exchange, but for you, since you didn't have any structure or systems in place, you just were freely spending without having any idea you shared with me this whole visualization that you just like m- numbers were this jumbled mess in front of you and you didn't, you had no clarity around it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ex- exactly. Right. And, um, that, that story of not having to, and not to say that, you know, I didn't do chores or anything like that, but I wasn't rewarded money for doing those things. Right. It was like, if I had, you know, softball practice X, Y, and Z, then that was just covered. I didn't ever have to think about, well, where are my uniforms going to come from and all of that. So none of those things, right. It was just like, oh yeah, those were going to be taken care of. And so that translated to me, oh, everything's just going to be taken care of. That was my mindset as a, as a teenager. And so when I look back on it now, you're right. It was this picture of just numbers floating everywhere. And I had no idea what they meant, what they belonged to, (laughs) how I was supposed to handle them. None of that. It was just this picture of, of things floating around and I couldn't make any sense of it. And then you were taught, was it a coworker that taught you, Hey, uh, why don't you think about maybe having a budget or (laughs) have an idea if you have this much income, then maybe this should be your expenses. How how did that happen? Yeah, it was after my first year working my very first job as a sign language interpreter. And I had gotten, you know, my checks every two weeks, like I was used to, and just kept kind of falling further and further behind uh, because I really didn't have a plan. And I remember sitting in the break room and I'm on the couch and I'm in utter tears and just like, what am I supposed to do? You know, I was trying to go through all my options. Do I quit this job to find a better paying one? Do I get a second job? You know, what am I supposed to do to make ends meet? And one of my colleagues 
and I'm so thankful for this. And some people are like, Ooh, that was a little blunt, but she really just handed me a budgeting book and was like, Hey, maybe this is your answer. Yeah. Maybe you need to put together a plan for your money instead of floundering and letting your money control you. Let's put a plan together. And she changed my life. And what I love about that and something we talked about offline was the whole stigma around the word budget, but literally words, I I prefer using spending plan, but it doesn't matter because words are just the meaning that you give it. But what I love about that is you find, you created yourself a roadmap because I, without clarity, without direction, without knowing what you want or how much you would need to get the thing, you were just going to be all over the place, probably continuing to dig yourself a hole. Exactly. But when you were given that book and then it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to create myself a money roadmap. You overcame quite a bit of debt and paid for a wedding. And so what was, was that just getting organized and putting pen to paper? What was that process like? Yeah, it was... It has definitely evolved. That process has evolved since the the time when I started, but it really was an Excel spreadsheet where I had to see, okay, Melissa, this is the amount of money that you have coming in. This is how much money you normally spend. Now, where are you going to make changes? And I had to be honest with myself. I had to be honest with the income that I was earning. I had to be honest with whether or not I wanted to get a second job, right? I, I had a lot of decisions that were staring me in the face and that I had to make. Um, but once I put that plan together and got it on my Excel spreadsheet, just even that piece of the puzzle was just like starting it, right? Getting that spreadsheet put up, looking at my numbers, just that was just like, ah, okay. Now, now we can make movement because before it felt like I was on a hamster wheel and movement wasn't going to happen. And, and so just getting off of that path was the first step. So question for that. So you were able to get into the driver's seat and now you're in control of your spending and, and what's coming in and going out. Did that make you feel limited? I would be lying if I said it never made me feel limited, right? Because when I first did it, I kind of started kicking and screaming, right? Like, oh, I have to do this because I, you know, it was never like, okay, well, we got ourselves into this situation and let's figure out a plan out, right? I was kind of cranky about it to start with. Um, But once I got into the rhythm of what I needed to be doing, I, I would replace that word limit with utter freedom, right? I found the money to pay for a wedding. I did have um, parents that helped put some money toward it, but my husband and I paid for the largest chunk of that wedding. And if someone would have said to me, oh, mostly you're going to have to pay for the largest chunk of your wedding, I would have assumed that I'd be having it in a church basement somewhere with ham sandwiches, right? Like that was what I was like, I would have never dreamed that I could have my picture perfect wedding and I got to. So being able to put that aside, put that money aside and, and feel that the, 
that's when the freedom starts to kick in where you're like, I'm not limiting myself. I'm giving myself my desires. <laughs> and change for anybody at, at first is hard because you went from, uh, you know, said yes to everything to having to probably prioritize your spending in order to, cause you said you paid off 45,000 in debt over how long? Three years. That's fast. And so for yeah. you to be able to make that kind of change to pay off that, to get that weight off of you. And so now ha- have you opened up to, I mean, I imagine you still stick to some sort of outline or budget or, you know, what does that look like? But how do you still spend freely? Do you, is money a joy? Like what, what does it look like now? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking. I don't get that question very often. Uh, Yes, I still plan very meticulously. um, But I also know that I have the tendency of, oh, a a credit card, I'll just spend as much as I want, right? Like I have to know myself. And to know that just spending freely for me uh, can lead to uh, can lead to some downfalls. Um, so yeah, I still have a money plan that I follow, but I no longer, like, I don't have to look at my checking account, right? Like I don't, before I would have to be like, Oh, before I buy, um, this pair of pants, do I have that money in my checking account? I don't have to live that life anymore. I have that freedom of spending by saying, this is how much money I'm allotting to my clothing budget for the month. And I, I have zero guilt connected to that, right? I know a lot of people would have like, oh, buyer's remorse or, oh, I, I shouldn't have spent that. Those words aren't really part of my vocabulary anymore because I allowed for that. I put it in my budget and now I'm free to do whatever I want with that money. Yeah. And I think even with that, even for me, my, my money, my spending, my habits have started to change because don't get me wrong. I love stuff. I love shoes, love clothes and accessories, but I'd say in the last, I remember when I watched Marie Kondo a year and a half ago, Uh yes, yes, Uh sparking joy. And I just, I'm not a hoarder, but as a single female, 35, no kids. I mean, my money goes to me. And (laughs) um, I also love traveling, but I've definitely in the last year and a half, I, I like this whole replacing mentality. Like wear the shoes until they get the use and then replace them instead of just keep. Cause I don't like having so much, I will never be a minimalist, but I don't like so much stuff anymore. I'd rather I'm at the point. It's like, don't mom, don't buy me gifts. I want consumables <laughs> or experiences. And so I think our, our money mindset definitely changes because especially, you know, in college it was about the clothes and having all the things Mm-hmm. But I guess what would your message be to somebody who maybe feels that restrictive, oh, money's hard to come by. They have a scarcity lack mindset. Maybe they're not even aware of it. What is your message for them to kind of wake up and that you can have the freedom and you can enjoy money and, and have this gratitude for it? Mm-hmm. What I find with a lot of people is they're scared to even look right? It's, it's like the land of Oz and there's something behind that curtain and they don't even want to see what is behind that curtain. And so that's really the first step that we go through is, okay, what, 
what do we need to talk through to get you to say, okay, I, I want to go there. I, I want to see what's there. And whether that's you're afraid, it makes you anxious. Um, you've never had to do it before, right? We, we talk about, well, what, what ways are you open to doing that change, right? And everybody kind of has their approach to how they're willing to, to look at change. But once people are willing to do that, like a lot of the times the first step is just let's analyze your spending, right? And, and I work in an absolute judge, judgment-free, I, I don't care if you spend $500 a month at Target, right? Like I am not here to, you know, judge your lifestyle or look at, oh, you spent this much here and you shouldn't do that. Like, absolutely not. Your money plan has to be based on your values, right? So I have some people where the majority of their budget is going to food because food is something that they cherish and that's an experience that they value. Awesome. Then let's set that up and let's make that happen for you. And then let's figure out where else in your plan you want to reduce something or what goals do you have? And, and so really it's just all about being willing to just take that first look at what's actually happening and then you can move forward from there. I'm curious, do you have any experience or do you do anything with manifesting money or visualizing, you know, if you want a hundred grand or 10,000, or you want to go on that dream vacay, that's five grand. Do you do anything with manifesting? Personally, I do. Um, with my clients, we don't typically do that, but maybe I'll have to look into that a little bit more. Um, but personally, I definitely do. Uh, if there's a dream that we have or, or something that we want, you know, we definitely put that into our meditating and, and think on that. My, my favorite mantra that I have been using as of late is, I am a money magnet. Money flows easily to me, right? So um, that's something that we use in our household. And and I love that. And I'm all about it. Why do you do that? What do you think the power is behind stating this mantra or the meditating on that? What does that do? Yeah, a big believer of thoughts becoming things, right? You and I talked about that and and how when we put it out into the universe, um, I, I just don't want to be putting out into the universe, you know, yes, I work on a budget. Yes, I work with people who are on budgets, but that super strict and make sure you do X, Y, Z, everything's black and white, you know, that's not the answer to everything. There's got to be a, a little bit of the universe that, that plays in there. And a budget doesn't have to mean limited. I use the term spending plan because that feels good to me. If budget feels good to you because that makes you feel like you're in control because I'm following my budget, then do that. But yeah. I guess something I want to ask you, has it ever happened to you, especially if you're in the manifesting in the mantra, if you had an idea, okay, um, you know, I want 5,000 more this month or whatever it may be. And do you, do you ever focus on the how, or do you get too focused on, Oh, I need to sign, you know, three new clients, or I can get that extra side sign language gig, or do you let go of the how and only focus on the what, what do you do? Yeah. So ever since I started um, listening to Mike Dooley, 
I, every time I start to get myself into the how I pull back and I remind myself, I'm not supposed to know the how. The how is not your job. The how is not my job. So yes, I will create goals and yes, I will think about those goals, but anytime I, I start to, to head in that direction, I, I kind of have to step myself back and try to find a good balance, right? We, we all have to find what works for us. And so I find that balance between what steps that I should be taking and what steps I need to say, okay, Melissa, that's not yours. Well, and I think the key here is there is no one right way to do this. It's whatever resonates, whatever feels good, but to remember that money is just energy in an exchange. And since we just talked about money and manifesting, I have to share a story with you about especially letting go of the how because this was so exciting. I'm Please all say. about, I practice what I preach. And so I put myself on an experiment a few months ago because I found myself in my own kind of scarcity mindset. I, I was feeling a little strapped for cash. And I was like, that's BS. I know that literally there's so much infinite possibility for us. Why would I be stressed about money? But most uh-huh. people are. Yeah. So real quick, this experiment I put myself on for shits and giggles. This was a big, big expansion for me. I wanted to manifest $10,000 in 14 days. That's a lot of money to me. I love it. Yeah, I love that. So not only did I know what, I was very specific, 10 grand. I gave a deadline. Hey, uni, I'm giving you 14 days to show up. And if I had gotten focused on, okay, I'm going to have to sign this many clients or I have an Airbnb. I'm going to have to make this much. And I would have gotten so caught up and I don't, mm-hmm. I would have felt restricted, like white knuckled. And instead I had so much fun with it. And I think it was literally, you know, each day I woke up, you know, I'm manifesting $10,000 by, I think it was March 15th or something. And, um, each day I woke up with joy and excitement. I'm like, how's it going to happen today? It's yes. so- I'll just fast forward through all this because um, I, I did do a, another podcast episode on it. But in the first two days, $4,500 came in. And I was like, I should have done more. <laughs> Why did I stop at 10000 <laughs> Right? But the thing was, the avenues in which the money came was multiple different streams, things I couldn't have thought of or planned for in my limited scope. And so opening yourself up and feeling good and excited and having that gratitude for already having it, I actually ended up with 10,614 days. That is unbelievable. And it's so possible. Yeah, I keep putting myself on these little mini money experiments because I'm just having fun with it. Yeah, and lifting that stress like you talked about is instead of waking up with, oh, where is that money going to come from? You got to wake up with like, okay, where is that money going to come from? Right. And it's like, surprise me. Yeah. And it, yeah. yeah. So question for you. What is one key takeaway you want listeners to get about this whole idea around money? You're going to make me just pick one, huh? I want people to take away... That money is an okay topic to talk about. 
And whether that is you want to choose a language that works for you, whether you want to, um, you know, find somebody that you want to talk to about it or whatever. I mean, money just seems to be so taboo all the time. And let's talk about it. Let's put it out there. The visual I got while you were saying that was like, let's just have a money party. Let's have friends over and talk about money, not in a braggart way, but just like, oh, I love money and, and look at money bought me these shoes. And, and I, I got to bring this wine because of money and money is allowing all of this. It's so fun. Yeah. I saw something on Instagram the other day that I just loved and it was a quote that said, somebody asked me what was my sign the other day. I told them it was the dollar sign. I love it. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I love that. I might use that. What's your a dollar sign? The dollar sign. <laughs> mine, mine would be blinged out, but yeah. There you go. Just add a little sparkle to it. I love, love that. I have a couple of rapid fire questions I'd like to ask you to wrap up the interview. Sounds great. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? I live by the motto of being open to change. Mm-hmm. I, I once lived in a space of that's scary and I don't know what to do with that. And now I am, I embrace it in whatever form that it comes being open to change. I love that. Second question. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? I am currently reading, reading White Fragility. Um, I am in the space of trying to figure out how to be a, a good ally to the BIPOC community. And that is where I'm at in my reading. So my current money books are on hold while I do some self-development. What's one of your favorite money books? Um, favorite money book, probably Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Um, it really helped me understand what a zero budget meant. And that's um, the same type of budget that I operate off of today. Okay. Final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? Hmm. <laughs> You know, I always think about whether or not I would go back and tell my younger self to not buy those jeans and not buy that meal out, but I don't think that would be it. So I think I would tell my younger self to just be appreciative, right, of what I have and just to, instead of oh, I wish I had more, or I wish I did this, or I wish I did that, just to live more in the moment and, and just appreciate it. I love that. And what a great note to end on. Melissa, thank you so much for joining me. I greatly appreciate being here. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Be sure to sign up for my free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change at heatherhakes.com. And I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can find me on Instagram at heather.hakes, Facebook, Heather Hakes, and YouTube. Guess what? You got it. Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.